Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Coach Chris here, and I'm recording another episode of the Night and Runs podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is a follow-up on what I did last week, a new format that I'm testing out. gotten some feedback on the new format. Uh, people seem to like it, so I'd appreciate hearing from you, too. And uh, let me know what you think. This is a new Q&A format where I share um, news from the team and the Night and Runs training group and my one-on-one coached athletes, the Night and Lions, sharing successes that we've had over the past week and answer your running questions that have come in. To get your questions answered on the show, you can join the Night and Runs training group. Uh, it's my group coaching platform where you can download awesome training plans that are going to really meet you at wherever you are on your running journey. And you can join our community to get support from runners who are following them as well, and as well as support from me inside our training group. You can ask questions and may even answer them here on this show. Uh, At this time, I also do have two open spots for my high-touch one-on-one coaching offerings. If you want to become a knight and lion and work with me uh, directly uh, in a very involved way, you can go to uh, nightandruns.com slash coaching and learn more about that too. But let's get into today's episode. So first, I want to start off by sharing some of the successes that we've had on the team within the past week. And we are deep into marathon training and racing now. Last weekend was the Marine Corps Marathon. And we had two athletes from the team run that. Both did really, really well. Um, We had Sammy, who just a few weeks prior had run the Berlin Marathon. He was doubling back after setting like a huge PR in Berlin. And he did really, really well. He ran another sub three marathon and was really happy with how the day went. We also had Alex, who did another very impressive double. Just two weeks prior, he had run at the Mount Desert Island Marathon and actually set a personal best there. And he did Marine Corps after two weeks, which is super, super tight. It's not something I would generally recommend, but it's how his schedule was set up, so we made the best of it. He actually ran another big PR at Marine Corps Marathon, lowering his marathon time close to 3.20, which is totally amazing. One of the reasons he was able to do that is because of the pacing strategy that he employed in the marathon, and I'm going to get to that a little bit later when I answer some of the questions for today. Looking forward to the weekend ahead, we're going to have a whole bunch of more Night and Runs athletes competing. We've got uh, two running marathons. Uh, Kelly is going to be doing the Indianapolis Monumental Marathon, and another Kelly is going to be doing the New York City Marathon, as well as a whole bunch of athletes doing uh, smaller races, 5Ks. And good luck to everyone out there. Your training has gone great all summer and fall, and I'm super excited for what you'll accomplish this weekend. Let's get into some of the questions that came in. And again, if you want to get your questions answered on the show, 
you can sign up for the Night and Runs training group. Just go to patreon.com slash night and runs and getting your questions answered here is just one of the many perks of joining our training group there. So the first question is, what's the best way to pace a half marathon? I've had two different athletes actually ask me this question recently. One is Barry. Um, the other is Bryce. And, you know, people think there's a bunch of different ways. You know, do you go out kind of hard and bank time thinking you're going to fade a bit at the end? Um, do you try to run with pacers if they're available? What's the best approach? You know, do you want to start slow and kind of build your way up? Or do you want to run steady? You know, set a pace and try to just stick to it from the gun. The the approach that I love the most, the one that I am going to share here, I really don't think you can lose with. As long as you follow this plan and are committed to it, you're going to run a great race. And this works both for the half marathon as well as the marathon. It's actually why Alex, who did two marathons back-to-back, was able to run so successfully and PR in both. It's the method of the three C's, and if you follow my coaching, you've probably heard of this before. The first third of the race, stay comfortable. The middle third of the race, build your confidence. And in the final third of the race, begin to compete. See, most people get this wrong. They actually kind of flip it around. They start to compete from the very get-go. But what happens when you start to compete from the beginning Often in the middle of the race, you start to actually lose your confidence because you notice your pace slipping away. And then the final third of the race is anything but comfortable as a result. When you do it the way I described the three C's, the progressive pacing way of comfortable, confident, compete, you set yourself up for a strong finish where you can run your fastest and be proud of what you did. The way you do this with the half marathon, first five miles, stay comfortable, five to 10, be confident, 10 to 13, begin to compete. The way you do this with the marathon, and this is exactly what Alex did to run two PRs within two weeks. First half marathon, first half of of the marathon, stay comfortable. 13 to 20, build your confidence. And only at mile 20 do you begin to compete. Really, with the half marathon, the race starts about mile 10. And with the marathon, the race doesn't really start until mile 20. So if you make it your goal to get to those mile markers in your race as comfortable as possible, you're going to be prepared to run an extremely fast and strong final section of the race. If you do this, you're going to run very, very close to your potential. It's going to be an excellent time. It's going to be a safe way to run. This way is not risky at all. Like just, you know, picking a pace and going out at that pace from mile one is risky. It can blow up in your face. The three C's approach of progression is not risky. It's smart. And you'll run an extremely good time when you do it. So for anyone who 
wants to run a smart race, a safe race, who wants to run a good time, the three C's, the progressive strategy is excellent. If you want to run a risky race, one where you accept the consequences of it might blow up in your face, then maybe you can try to run the even split race from the get-go. But be very confident of what you're capable of if you try to do the even split strategy. All right. So that was how to best pace a half marathon. And I kind of got into how to best pace a marathon there as well. But let's move on to the second question. Uh, This one came in from Sarah. And she was actually asking me, she's following some of the training plans I have within the training group. She was saying, you know, what, what's my theory for the ordering of the workouts in the training plans? She had noticed that in some other coaches' training plans, um, they might put some of the faster workouts closer to your marathon and some of the more longer, slower tempo type workouts further away from the marathon. Whereas what I typically do is flip that around so that early in training, you're doing faster, shorter stuff. And later in training, closer to the marathon, you're doing longer and slower stuff. Seems like two different approaches. So why do I do it the way that I do it? And why do I think that that's the best way? Well, the people who I coach, the primary thing that challenges them when it comes to the marathon is not necessarily their speed. It's their endurance. I think that for most recreational runners, they're going to be able to run times that are comparatively better in shorter distances, like the 5K and 10K, than they ever will in the marathon. It's kind of funny because uh, most recreational runners are kind of afraid of those shorter distances um, and gravitate towards the longer stuff, but I would bet they're actually probably better at the shorter distances because those distances like 5k are actually endurance events. And what they tap into is your speed. And they also tap into your endurance a bit too, but you can get away a lot with just kind of like raw talent, raw speed, and a little bit of endurance base. However, with the marathon, you can't be under trained and run a good marathon you won't run anything close to your potential if you're undertrained in endurance. I see this all the time where people can run a fast mile or a fast 5K or even a fast half, but they're not able to translate that into a comparatively fast marathon. This is because those athletes have plenty of speed. They're not lacking in speed. They can run fast. What they can't do is run for 26.2 miles at a fast pace that would be projected for them based upon what they can do in the short distances. They don't have that speed endurance component. So I think that when it comes to marathon training, first you want to get as fast as possible. When marathon training progresses over time, Typically, your mileage is increasing, your long run lengths are increasing. It gets longer and you do more 
because you're trying to get, cover closer to that 26 mile distance in your long runs, you're comfortable handling the mileage, you're trying to build that physical endurance. It's tough to simultaneously build your speed at the same time. It's tough to run as fast in high intensity workouts when you're doing high mileage. And most athletes, again, they have the speed, they just don't have the endurance. So what I like to do is early in marathon training, or even before you start marathon training, get as fast as possible by doing speed training. Then once you feel like you're sufficiently fast enough to run your goal marathon time for 26 miles, you start to bring in the longer runs, you start to bring in longer tempos, and you do more marathon-specific types of runs and workouts. That's why I put speed early in training and endurance work later in training. Other coaches do flip that around, and I think you could make a, a case for that depending on the type of athlete you're working with as a coach or you are as an athlete. But I think for the vast majority of recreational runners, they need to work more on the endurance component as they get closer to their marathon, not the speed component. If I was training you for a shorter event, like a 5K or something like that, I actually would put the speed closer to your race because in those events, the endurance isn't really so much of a factor. It's, I know you can run three miles or six miles or most people I know they can run 13 if they've been running for a while and built up to that in their long runs. But with the marathon, can you run 26 miles strong? That's always a question, no matter how advanced of a runner you are. All right. The next question, this was, actually I got this one from uh, Sarah again, but actually two different Sarahs within the training group this past week. And they asked, if you're following a, one of my training plans, um, though this could apply to, to any training plans online that you might be following or out of a book, and let's say you're doing mileage kind of in the middle of two different training plans, right? Like you might be following mm, an intermediate level training plan, but maybe you're not quite doing all the mileage that's in it. Or maybe you're trying to follow an advanced training plan, but you're only running, you know, um, five days out of the week instead of six or something like that. So you're doing a little less mileage. When it comes to the workouts that you do, if you're between training plans in terms of like mileage, should you do workouts that correspond to the higher mileage training plan or the lower mileage training plan? Because with all my plans, and this is the case with pretty much any ones I think you'd find online, you know, there might be a plan for people doing 20 miles a week, 30 miles a week, 40 miles a week, 50. And if you're in between those, uh, which workouts are best to do? Do you want to do the workouts from the lower mileage plan or the higher mileage plan when you kind of fall in between the two? Mm, I think the best approach here is you want to do workouts corresponding with the lower mileage training plan. The way that workouts should be written is they're going to be proportionally in length to how much overall volume you're doing. For example, I would never give the same workout to someone running 10 miles a week as I would to someone running 30 miles a week. 
The person running 30 miles a week can handle a lot more than the person running 10. So if you were running, let's say, 15 miles per week, you should do the workouts that correspond to the person running 10. If you tried to do the workouts corresponding to the person running 30, they'd probably be too hard and probably too long. For most folks, unless you have years and years of running behind you, most of your improvement is just going to come from consistent, easy mileage and slowly increasing that over time. Workouts can kind of be the the frosting on top of that cake you're building. And they can give you that that extra bit, but they can be a little bit risky. You know, cake without the frosting is maybe a little bit healthier, but a cake with the frosting is is better. So if you can have a little less frosting, <laughs> you're probably going to be safer off than if you put on a big, thick, double stuff layer on top, and then maybe it's a little bit unhealthy to do. All right. So that's the end of the Q&A. Again, we covered what's the best way to pace yourself for half marathon or marathon. Why do I structure workouts the way that I do within the training plans with speed first and endurance second? And then what to do if you're kind of between two different training plans in terms of mileage, which workouts do you want to do? And I said you should do the workouts that correspond with the lower mileage training plan. Hope that was helpful and you learned a little bit from today's Q&A. Uh, look forward to the one next week. I'm going to be doing one of these every single Thursday. And you can submit your questions um, within the Night and Runs training group. As for me, um, I am pretty excited. I actually just signed up for the Chicago Marathon. I was accepted to that. It's going to be my second major marathon. And I think sixth marathon that I've done. And really, my, so my first marathon was the Sugarloaf Marathon in Maine. I ran that because my dad actually lives up there, and I thought it'd be kind of cool to run near him. It's a really hard one. My second one was Bay State Marathon. That's where I BQ'd, and that's a pretty easy course. I did did really well there. And then after that, I ran Newport. <laughs> that's a hard marathon. I ran Manchester. That's a hard marathon. And then I ran Boston. That's a hard marathon. So really, I've only done hard marathons with the exception of the Bay State Marathon in Lowell. And I did really well in that Bay State Marathon. It's been a long time since then. I wanted to sign up for another race that was going to be known as a fast and flat course. I really haven't done many of those. And after I ran the Boston Marathon last year, I was so... I kind of like fell back in love with the marathon event. I think the excitement of doing the majors, so many people on course and the fan support was just so fun. Um, really is an experience that you don't get in any other type of road race. I knew I wanted to do another major someday. So I decided not to run Boston again, in 2023. I've already done that. Um, but I put in my name for Chicago and I was accepted. So I'm excited to run that. It's still about a year away. 
Um, <laughs> I won't really be getting started with my marathon training specifically anytime soon for that, but I am excited to take another big swing at the marathon. I think I can lower my time by a lot versus what I've done in the past. And um, I know that there's no better opportunity to run fast than in Chicago. So I'd love to hear what are your marathon training and racing plans for 2023. Most of us have already finished up our fall races or will be doing so in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, after that, take a little bit of a break, but then get excited again and start thinking about 2023. Let me know what you're racing. I'd love to hear. And uh, if you need any help getting prepared for those races, hit me up too. Um, got a lot of resources I could point you in the right direction for. All right. That's all I got for today. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Night and Runs podcast. If you haven't read my book yet, you can download a free digital copy of it. Just go to my website, nightandruns.com, and you can get a copy of Run Faster Marathons, The Proven Path to PR. It's the training manual I've put together that's really going to teach you how to train for the marathon the right way. And um, you'll finally understand how training plans work and why you do the types of things that you do after reading it. If you'd like a copy of that, again, just go to nightandruns.com. It's a little pop-up where you can click where it says free book download and sign up to get a copy. And uh, that's all I got for today. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. This has been Coach Chris. And until next time, bye.